movie every year. I yeah. do uh, an album review. Mm-hmm. And it's of an album that I should have listened to a long fucking time ago. But I didn't. Uh, and then I listened to it in my 30s. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm late to the game. Full disclosure. I know two songs on this album. Oh. And I didn't listen to the other ones. Because I'm not really a big fan of this artist. Really? Yeah. Huh. I'm not a big uh, Bjork fan. You're not a Bjork fan? Not really. Huh. Like, no, like, before everyone just, like, takes off their jackets and slams it on the floor and <laughs> zhuzhes up their sleeves and gets Ooh. ready to punch me in the fucking Ooh. cooter. Like... It's fine, guys. I fully 100% respect everything about Bjork. Excuse me, Bjork. Bjork. Um, <laughs> but I, it's just not music that I personally can really get into. I equate Bjork, and I'm just going to say it, though. <laughs> Pretend you're the Swedish chef, because that's basically how yeah. you are supposed to yeah. say it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I equate Bjork and Radiohead on the same level. Which checks. Um, because both are extremely creative to a point that I don't think that my brain can fully grasp it. Funny so you say I that. Don't, I, I don't feel deep enough emotions to have those like <laughs> emotional tendrils just grab that music and pull it in. I don't. You're too much of a Capricorn. I am. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just enough of a Pisces to be like, yeah, I get all of this music yeah. and it hits me so deeply in the marrow of my bones. Yeah emotions and like and I, don't get me wrong there is plenty of music out there that punches me right in the feels mm. um but it's just not in the super art house kind of way right i feel like bjork and radiohead are more art house than i am willing to they, they are into. very art house and both of them i think have accessible songs i mean clearly yeah. like there yeah. are Bjork songs that I really like. Yeah. We'll talk about some on this album. Yeah. And then there's um, Radiohead songs like everybody knows and likes. Like The first few albums. I don't even think Creed. Radiohead likes their first few Radiohead albums. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think that they're good with like OK Computer and Kid yeah, A. Yeah, I think yeah, they yeah. like the albums. It's just the hits off those albums are probably like, really? Yeah. This is what you're going to take as out of this? As far as I know, they refuse to play Creep ever again. Good for and them. And have for like years. Good for them. They probably, they don't need to. Because like Bjork, Creep, I don't think, is an accurate portrayal of Radiohead's music. No, not at all. Just not like, at all. we'll get into it, but songs off of it, well, one song off of this album is super popular and not yes. exemplary of at all of Bjork's music. Not at all. Yeah. Bjork. Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> we're talking about Bjork. We're talking about Bjork. And we're your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And welcome to this weekly podcast where we're going to give you sweet treats from the world of music. And we're going to tell you how to properly say Bjork's name. Because we've been saying it wrong this whole time. Yeah. It's not Bjork. It's, it's not Bajork. And it's not really Bjork. It's, it's, it's Bjork. Calm the fuck down when you say <laughs> it. Don't be an asshole like us. Yeah, don't be an asshole like us. It's just Bjork. It's just Bjork. There is an interview you can find on YouTube real quick and easy. Just like look up how Bjork says her name or whatever. And it's an interview. She says, he asks, oh, well, how should people say your name? And she said, Bjork. And he's like, Bjork. And then he asks, how do Americans say your name? And she says, Bjork. And she, <laughs> I'm like, 
Come on, who's fucking this up? I want to know how to pronounce her last name, though, because I look at that and I'm like, brain scrambles. No, I did look that up and I promptly forgot how to say her last name. Gurmunstudur. Gurmunstudur. I don't know. It's the monsters. She's a monster. Oh, she married cute. Eddie Monster. Aww. <laughs> that's how her the, end, of the, end of the episode. There you go, guys. <laughs> they lived happily ever after. They lived happily ever after. She rewrote their theme song. A lot of people weren't into it, but you know what? I think it really touched a deeper sense of what the monsters really were about. It really tugs the heartstrings. Yeah. When it comes to the monsters. <laughs> what? What? No. What are we doing? No. Welcome to our fucking show. I mean, if this is your first time tuning in. We're sorry. I'm kind of sorry. But also, just buckle up. This is it, guys. But not only are we talking about Bjork today, we are specifically talking about her second album, Post. Mm -hmm. Doing an album review episode, guys. It's been a minute. Want to do one. That came out in 95. Yes. Seems so long ago. It was. It was 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Guys, that was 25 years ago. Just picture it. 1995. <laughs> we just invented the CD player. That's not true. That had been around, no, it had for, been a while. around for a while. <laughs> People were talking about these things called DVDs with the moving pictures on them. I think that was around the time when we were starting to get DVDs, I think, right? The mid 90s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because uh, laser discs oh, were. Oh, that uh, didn't happen. Were not happening. Like Fetch, stop trying to make laser discs again, like, guys. 95 was when everyone had, you know, a VHS DVD player combo. Oh, yeah. The combo. Mm. This was the transition period. But those were fucking expensive. Yeah, they were. Speaking of remembering, <laughs> let's not forget to talk about the beer we're drinking tonight. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't like it, though. Oh, no. no. I'm disappointed on a lot of levels here. Because first this of all- This is a huge letdown for Maggie. I like it. I've gotten used to it. The initial sip, I was like, this tastes like soil. Well, because you expected a sour. It's sour-ish. Ish. Ish. Not as much as I would like, though. Yeah, so this is Duclaw's Sour Meat. Oh, yeah! So they do a Sour Meat series. This is all sours. And we've had, like, five, six of them already. And they've all been great. But this is a little bit of a misstep. I, I would not suggest it unless you are adventurous in the palate. Yeah, I was very much expecting, like, for some reason I was expecting Hawaiian punch. Because it looks like Hawaiian punch. It does. Well, it looks like Kool-Aid. Well, it sounds like Kool-Aid, but it looks like Hawaiian punch on the label. Yeah, you The label's right. blue, so. Huh. You know what? Yeah, they, they really went weird with that marketing. Yeah. So I was expecting, probably to confuse people so they don't get sued. Got it. Fair enough. <laughs> Good job, Duclaw. But, um... I was fully expecting some Hawaiian punch in it. It wasn't like that. It was no. kind of like gnawing on a beat a little bit. I, but then I got used to it. I like it. I don't like earthy flavors. Yeah, it's a little earthy. I don't like really earthy mushrooms like oysters or shiitake. I don't like <laughs> Wait, beets. Oh, for a hot second, I was like, oysters are not mushrooms. Oh, oyster mushrooms. Oyster got mushroom. It. Uh, oyster rush mooms. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Oyston or Seth, and I was like, "Ma'am, where do we? How do we get here?" All right, guys, just kidding. We're talking about my It's like hard left turn. Yeah, that would be a bit, yeah. That's not even like on the same path. Like we would have to take a plane to get over to Mayhem. Man, if Euronymous was still alive and he 
collaborated with Bjork on oh something. Can God. you imagine that? That would have been the greatest. But also like him just like hanging out with her in like her swan outfit. And while him in his half shirt and bullet belt. Yes. Oh. Can we get that fan art, please? There's so much fan art that nobody's drawn for. Guys, <laughs> if you make us fan art, we're going to post it everywhere and like shout you out so much so we're actually an, going to do social media correctly yeah so and if, shout you out if, if you're looking for a little exposure make us some fan art <laughs> please do you'll be repaid in experience fine we'll send you 10 bucks too <laughs> maybe a beer you can be our new intern said since fredward currency has just Shit beat the it. Bed. He's, uh, he's beat it since uh covid19 came around he beat it since we drank this beet beer <laughs> it's gross i don't like it i'm sad and i'm mad it tastes like beets yeah do claw you have some splaining to do they don't they're fine normally so i'm gonna let it slide but don't fuck up again this is literally the first time we've had something from do claw where we're like maybe not right like this is 100 the first time i drank their beer and said no yeah this ain't it yeah no but anyway with that let's uh let's dive into this album yeah we should do that i got a lot of build up here for you kids yeah all right. So, Post is Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that out eventually. All right. <sighs> All right. Post is Bjork's 1995 sophomore release. And by this point, she had spent nearly 20 years making music, either in a solo situation or with a band. Sugar Cubes, right? Yes. Hey, I knew you that. You got it. You knew, knew it. it. That's it. <laughs> While her debut album, appropriately named Debut, <laughs> yes <laughs> has been deemed a classic many- i mean when you really blow your load on all the creative stuff <laughs> in the album itself like you're tapped out yeah like, you're like i don't know call it debut it's fine yeah your jizz bucket is fucking empty all over that album well there- when it comes to the title it's like whatever it's debut i don't care <laughs> it's, it's fine there is actually a reason she called it debut but i'll get to that okay Many would argue Post is what really pushed her into the mainstream, though. And they have every reason to, as I'm pretty sure the songs the general public knows her best for are on this album, like yep. Army of Me, It's Oh So Quiet, and Hyper Ballad. These songs are still referenced in pop culture, though some may not think to associate them with the uh, chick that wore the swan dress or, uh, <laughs> you know, that singer that beat up a reporter. Yeah. She had every right to beat up that pr- reporter. I mean... Where what what country did that happen in? I don't remember. I want to say if Iceland. It's, if it's outside of the United States, I'm gonna say yeah. She probably had every right to punch that reporter. Yeah, we know how the uh, European tabloids yeah. are. Yeah, we know how them paps be. With albums like this, people began to treat Electronica with more respect, and many found her innovative and passionate sound refreshing in a world taken over by grunge and gangster rap. Not that I'm saying either of those were bad things. They were great, but, like, Bjork brought in a variety. Yeah, she was a refreshing uh, little Altoid in a sea of uh, <laughs> muddled shit. Yeah. In, a lot of, in a lot of garlicky meals, Yeah, she was your Altoid. She was the Altoid after the fettuccine Alfredo. Yes, exactly. But right before the garlic bread. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you were going right back in there. But, you know, you need a break. Post took the slightly ajar door that debut left and ripped it open for her and other musicians to walk through. She worked with many trip-hop acts for this album, like Tricky, Nellie Hooper, and 808 States' Graham Massey. 
And you would know because we talked about Tricky and Bjork working together yeah. on our Tricky episode. Mm-hmm. You should go listen. This album is still looked upon fondly, with many declaring it as one of the best albums of the 90s, and many even more than that saying it's one of the best of the past few decades. It was here that Bjork shed all the expectations put on her music and chose to bear her soul with lyrics and with instrumentation. However, it's been 25 years, so mm-hmm. does this album hold up? That's what we're going to examine today. All right. Yeah. So, like I was saying about the album name, though, Post was a name Bjork knew she would end up calling her sophomore release, as these were the songs that she had written after she moved to England, whereas Debut was written in Iceland. Okay. Here she can show, like, the before and after. So that's why it's Debut and Post. Mm -hmm. After that, whatever. She does whatever she wants. She got real weird. It's great. (laughs) The creation of this album saw Bjork branching out of her comfort zone and still having familiar faces there to help. See, making debut was a very arduous task, as it was the first time for her to go solo, and she needed to learn how to channel her ideas properly without the input of a band Mm -hmm. all around her. A lot of this is where Nellie Hooper comes in. He produced debut, and she felt so good about the finished product that she asked him to come back for post. Initially, Nellie declined, but Bjork was very insistent on how much she wanted him to come back. He ended up giving in. It's nice to feel needed. Right? Like, hey, but I really, I really want you here. Come on, man. Debut was so good. (laughs) Remember all that magic? We can do it again. Do it again. Well, he did give in, but he had some stipulations. First of all, she was to take on a bigger role in production and enlist others to co-produce as well. (laughs) In all of this... It's like, no, I'll take this job, but also I want everybody else to do this job. <laughs> he, fortunately, he did still play a heavy part in it, but I think with all of this was to keep the sound of the record fresh and prevent it from sounding like debut. That makes sense. He didn't want to make the same record with her, and I think that's why he initially declined. He said, "I, you," ne-, and he had a lot of faith in her and thought, no, you've got this. You really don't need me. Mm-hmm. But I think she felt like, look, can you just kind of, you know, when you're getting trained at work and you have like the couple times where somebody shows you how to do something and then they walk away and say, okay, do it. And then you grab me like, no, 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 no. You need to watch me do it. it. I think that's the situation here where she's like, I probably can do this, but I want you to watch me do this and make sure I'm doing it right. Yeah. So there you go. That's how I look at it. Bjork brought back a few songs that were shelved from the previous album that she had written with Graham Massey. She was quite the fan of Tricky's work from Massive Attack, as well as his solo music, so she asked him to come on board as well, and he said he would as long as she did some work for him. So that's where they exchanged two songs for two songs. He mm-hmm. did two on this, she did two on um, um, Nearly God. Mm-hmm. The last producer credited on this album is Howie Bernstein, a friend of Nelly's from the underground club scene. He had worked a few times with Susie and the Banshees. Oh. I mean, originally Bjork was just bringing him on for engineering, but he actually ended up helping her write a few songs, including I Miss You, so, which is a fucking jam. Bjork also took a new approach when it came to recording. She didn't want to just sit in a studio. She wanted the music to sound as if it were already out in the world. The studio they used was Compass Point in the Bahamas, and Bjork took full advantage of the nature around her. They extended her mic cord so they could record at different places, like the beach, she was singing to the sea, and in a nearby cave. That's interesting. Right? And very Bjork. That is very Bjork. Like, 
Like, that's straight just, up Bjork. I just imagine her waking up one day in, like, a cute little Bahamian hut on the beach. And yes. being like, I feel like recording in a cave today. I will sing to the ocean today. <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably 100% what happened. <laughs> We're not even joking. I really like our our beer compressions. Our beer compressions, yes. <laughs> Combining this return to the natural with Bjork's heavy influences from the underground electronica scene in London, this is a truly hybrid album. She herself has called it, quote, musically promiscuous and spastic. Oh. Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, again. Girl knows her shit. But it still managed to fall together perfectly and break the rules of mainstream music in all the right ways. Bjork experiments with sounds she started dabbling with back on debut, but isn't afraid to get a little deeper and darker with its themes this time. But at the end of the day, it's still a very accessible album to anyone who's willing to expand their musical palette. It is a crucial addition to the art pop genre, and helped to inspire musicians going forward to break expectations to create work that was more true to themselves. But now with all that out of the way, let's have the music speak for itself. Okay. Come here, songs. Tell me what you got to say. <laughs> Tell me about the ocean. But we will open up with the opening track, which you probably know. You should know. You probably know. Army of Me. There's nothing wrong. Self-sufficient, please, and jack to work. And if you complain once more, you read down, I'm loving you. And if you complain once more... As someone who doesn't particularly like Bjork's music... I do really like this song. No, oh, this song's a jam. I heavily relate to it because all the time in my head, I'm like, if you fucking say one more word, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose my fucking shit on you. Right now, you're bjorking it. I'm bjorking it. Bjorking it real hard. You will meet an army of me. Yeah, you're you're bjorking me real good. Bjorking me off, guys. <laughs> you're bjorking me off. Actually, in the interview, I may have failed to mention... She said it's Bjork rhymes with jerk. Yep. <laughs> which is probably the best part. Yeah. Like, I appreciate I someone. I want my name to rhyme with jerk. Right? <laughs> Ash jerk. A shirk? Ash jerk. Yeah. Ash jerk. <laughs> well, we'll go with that one. That's what everybody's going to call you now. Cool. Sup, Ash jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to call everybody else that. <laughs> Sup, Ash jerk. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, ass jerk. No, fuck you, ass jerk. Meanwhile, (laughs) meanwhile, while Ashley's over here talking to herself, calling herself ass jerk. Me and imaginary people, ass jerk. Just think it's great. Let me tell you about the song here. (laughs) Let's start off with a banger. If you listened to our playlist for Getting Through Tough Times episode last year, then you'll remember us discussing the song. I'm going to just reference our podcast all night. Yeah, at this point, it's been two years. It's almost two and a half years, guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. 
But briefly for those not in the know, this was the lead single off this album. Many would classify this as aggressive techno pop, but it definitely verges on industrial for sure. I yes, I know. I had yeah, techno pop. You know what? Techno and like dance music has just as many subgenres as metal does. Yes. It's ridiculous. Yes, it's electronica and metal could fight for how many fucking subgenres. Yeah, except I think so many more dance and electronic fans are on so many more drugs they don't care if you get the genre wrong whereas metal people are like um i don't think that is the right classification for that man i know man it's got a beat and i can dance to it (laughs) this is great you got more e (laughs) just want to take some molly and dance man yeah come on man yeah we're just happy to be there (laughs) it samples the drum line from led zeppelin's when the levee breaks and is heavy on the bass and synths, making this a real dark dance track, but still can totally dance to it. The lyrics were inspired by Bjork's frustration with her younger brother, who she basically wanted to get his shit together. Oh my god, this is like... Okay, so Army of Me is to Bjork as um, Alfie is to Lily Allen. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is Bjork's uh, Alfie. Yeah. 100%. And overall, this song is about trying to help someone who won't help themselves, but eventually getting fed up with their pity party. This is one of the songs that she had worked on with Graham Massey during debut, but ultimately was shelved. She thinks that may have been because debut was a bit of a shy and polite album. And even though she was flattered and excited by the positive reception, she didn't feel it was 100% her at her most honest. So by the time she got to recording posts, she felt she was ready to shed her fears and begin to expose her true self to people. So debut was like, hi, it's nice to meet you. Hello, I am Bjork. Hello, I am Bjork. I make music, it's great. And by the time she gets to push, like, uh, fuck you, I'm Bjork, and I'm gonna fucking show you my music. I will shove my fist down your throat if you say one more fucking thing. <laughs> there you go. And I mean, yeah, honestly, this is me. good for you, Bjork. Yeah. Everybody's gotta, like, take their time, feel the waters. This was something film director Michael Gondry tried to convey in the music video as well. Some may watch it and only see nonsense as Bjork drives around in a cartoonish truck that breaks down, which leads her to a gorilla dentist who finds a diamond in her mouth that she has to fight to get back. And then it leads her to a museum where she uses a bomb to bring a guy back to life who was just there on display. This is the music video? Mm-hmm. I mean, he does weird shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, a French director, so he's he's all weird, too. He's, They're all weird. What else did he do? He he's, did a lot of Bjork videos. Yeah, he did. But he did a lot of, um, like, mid-2000s oh, yeah, music sure. videos, too. I think he might have done some stuff for Madonna. Possibly Maybe. Radiohead, also? Oh, probably Radiohead, yeah. The way she explains it, though, it's about her learning how to defend herself against those trying to take things from her and fighting for the things that she wants in life. Bjork says it's probably the most realistic way of expressing what situation she's in. However, the video did not see very much airtime, as right before they were about to release it, the Oklahoma City bombings occurred, so a video with an art museum bombed wasn't gonna fly. Thanks, Timothy McVeigh. Thanks, Timothy McVeigh. (laughs) Fucking douchebag. Thanks, Ruby Ridge. (laughs) Thanks, Waco. Thanks, everybody. Jesus H. This is David Koresh's fault. You know what? I am so comfortable blaming this on David Koresh. We can do that. We're going to do that. Yeah. Grateful Dead and David Koresh. <laughs> Both of their faults. 
The song was a hit worldwide, of course reaching number one in Iceland and winning Song of the Year there, as well as number 10 in the UK singles chart and number 21 on the US Billboard Hot Modern Tracks chart. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. You know what? Who? It, you know what what does more, Billboard mean? You know has anymore? more genres than both electronica music and metal combined is the fucking billboard, billboard charts <laughs> they mean nothing they mean nothing just like the grammys mean nothing nothing um, we're gonna put out an award for the top 10 bass guitars in a metal band jethro tull congratulations what? <laughs> And honestly, it's one of her most well-known tracks. If you think someone may have heard of Bjork, it's probably the song. Probably this one. There's another one too, though. But yeah, but I don't think people associate that one with her very much. I think they do, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. But I'll get to that. <laughs> it's not. It's not for a couple more though. So let's Getting go ahead of ourselves. Let's go on to the next track real quick. Okay. And talk about hyper ballad. Okay. Like I said, I was late to the game and I was missing out. Holy crap. Many critics have declared this to be Bjork's best work and I'm going to tend to agree with it. The intense composition, flawless beats, raw vocals, and emotional lyrical content lend this to be one of the most honest songs I've ever fucking heard. Yeah. Love it. The song builds from simple folktronica beats and Bjork's light, wistful vocals. Bjork. Bjork. To an up-tempo house beat accompanied by strings, and now her vocals had a high sense of emotion. The lyrics themselves have impacted many listeners, who have taken them at face value to be about suicide. And there's still a touching sentiment to that, but it's completely unintended. Huh. The lyrics describe living in the mountains with her lover, and before they wake, she leaves to throw objects over the side and watches them crash, imagining her own body hitting those rocks instead. So yeah, I get why you think yeah. that's about suicide. Yeah, but some people, some people have those thoughts without being suicidal. Right. Because... Literally every time I hike and, you know, the top is always like this ledge at the top of the mountain with a really beautiful view, you can't help but think, what would happen if I just fell? Like, what would happen if, like, I just stepped over? What would happen? No, no, I I can't even think about that because I have such a fucking gross fear of heights that I'm, like, thinking about thinking of that. I'm like, oh, God, (laughs) I'm not too close to the edge. Yeah, just being like three degrees away from that thought is too much. Yeah, I mean, you saw me at Vrooman's and it was like, I couldn't handle it. I'm like, this is so close. We are so close to the edge and I don't like it. Fear heights is real, guys. Like every single dog that like went up to the... I'm like, ooh, ooh, dog, no, go. No, 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 no. Ooh, don't let the... Oh, well, oh, I can't even think about it. Anyway, so. However, one should always look deeper into Bjork's lyrics. According to the artist herself... It is about being in a long-term relationship and it becoming more important than the two individuals who are in it. Losing your sense of self and finding an outlet to find yourself and keep yourself. 
In this scenario, she sings about destroying objects in order to get out her frustrations. And I think that's a pretty good, honest sentiment. Because, yeah, sometimes the relationship can get raw or stale. Mm -hmm. Or you lose who you were because you're with this person for so long. And you always look at yourself with your partner. Yeah. And this was her way of saying, like, I imagined looking at these things flying out of my hands and, like, crashing as a way to, like, just get that anger and frustrations and just feel a little bit more like myself. But also watch out for people on the trail below. Right? I mean, I'm hoping that if you're doing this at, like, 5 in the morning, there's nobody else on the trail. That's fine. But, like, if you're there at, like, <laughs> noonish, Right? Like, like... When, do, when do you guys wake up? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. I'm but assuming like... this is early in the morning. This could be 3 in the afternoon. It could be. And if that's the case, man, there's a lot of people on that trail. I mean, yeah, kick a stone over or two, but like... Yeah, but she's talking about car parts? <laughs> that could really do some damage. I mean, yeah, you don't want to throw like a motorcycle engine over the edge and like not even think about who's down there. There's people down there. There's people down there. What are you doing? <laughs> also, Thankfully... you're littering. <laughs> Thankfully, this was all just in a dream. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, guys. Bjork isn't littering. Bono from U2 is like coming in like... I just want to make sure that you you putting things in your bin correctly. Um, what was that? Please, please hey, gov- Bono. Hey, governor. Hey, governor. <laughs> Put your garbage in the bin correctly. It's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bono's a real Cockney accent, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. Meanwhile, Bjork's like, um, Bono, please go fuck yourself. Go. Cool bother Enya. <laughs> I'm going to go sing in a cave now. <laughs> With the bats. Fuck off. <laughs> if you complain once more. <laughs> this is about Bono. Do you know what? Our baby is about Bono. <laughs> oh, oh, man. The song was the fourth single off the album and received much praise and charted high around the world, at least in the electronica dance categories. But one thing I really got a nerd out about is how familiar this song was to me when I heard it not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And I know I never listened to Post all the way through, so why the hell is this song so familiar? I swear I've heard this before. That's because I'm a GD weeb. Weeb alert. <laughs> Get your weeb news first. Weeb news right here. Well, all right. Some who are familiar with Japanese anime might recognize the name Yoko Kano. I do. You do. I you're actually not even a do. Weeb. And I'm not a weeb. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say she's the most famous anime composer. And if you don't listen, if you don't watch anime, you've only seen maybe one or two, then the ones you've seen, she's probably done the music yeah. for it. Again, yeah. like Bjork, this is probably the stuff you know. Yeah. She composed soundtracks like Cowboy Bebop, Wolf's Rain, and just a bajillion more. And she also did the Ghost in the Shell series standalone complex. That's why I know who she is. Yes. And on the first OST, there's a song called Where Does This Ocean Go? And I'm going to play you a bit, and I just want you to tell me that this is not insanely influenced by this song. Okay. So I 
That's the same fucking song. That's the same fucking song. There is no way that's not the same fucking... And I went on a deep dive, and maybe it wasn't deep enough. If there is a weeb out there who is listening and knows the answers, please tell me. And Bjork definitely came out with the song first. Oh, 100. Yeah, like, like 10 Complex, years. I think was either 2004 or 2005. It was mid-2000s for sure. So at least Bjork had this song out 10 years before. Yeah. And I tried looking up to see, you know, Yoko Kano even just saying that she was influenced by Bjork. And I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find, hmm. I found Reddits where people were like, yo, this is the same song, right? And people were like, yeah, this is the same song. But also, no, nobody's doing anything about and it. And maybe, I mean, I think maybe someone had said that Yoko Kano once said Bjork was an influence on hers. But, like, I couldn't find any articles or interviews or anything. But then again, if one of you have... Please send it to me because I need to know. <laughs> I need <laughs> that to you're know. not going crazy. Like it's blatantly the same song. Yeah, yeah, very blatantly the same song. Yeah, and I, I don't know if Bjork even knows because I mean, anime is pretty niche. Yeah, and yeah, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex was pretty popular as far as anime goes, but. I don't know how popular the soundtrack got. You yeah, know? I don't and know. I can't really see Bjork uh, sitting and watching Adult Swim right. in the and early 2000s. I also can't see if she did find out her being all that mad about it either. Yeah. No, I, I could see her being like, eh, whatever. That's yeah. cute that they used it for a soundtrack. Because I if hope anything, that's the case. Bjork seems cool as fuck. She was on Space Ghost. She was hilarious on Space she Ghost. She was fucking hilarious on Space Ghost. She, and, and I'll get to it again later on, but this this woman definitely has a sense of humor. Yeah. Like, she's not... Some may look at her as, like, a shy, like, stuck-up artsy chick, but she's not. No. At all. She's... I think I could just picture hanging out with Bjork and having a good fucking time. She would say some ridiculous shit that yeah. you'd be like... I need to write this down. <laughs> right. Like, she is a very... I've listened to interviews with her, and she's a very deep, thoughtful, insightful human being. But girl, girl's got her jokes. Yeah. And I like her for it. Yeah. I like her a lot. And, uh, yeah, so now that I went through that whole thing, let's go to the next song. <laughs> the Modern Things. Irritating noises of dinosaurs and people you know i really do respect her control over her voice right it's kind of ridiculous yeah um to go from shouting one word to a soft high note in the second word yeah that's mind-blowing. Yeah, her vocal control is amazing. And it's it's ridiculous that she's such a tiny little person, but she has such <laughs> gigantic fucking voice. I know. It's insane. She probably just has huge lungs. She's, she's all, lungs. all lungs, guys. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, lungs wearing a swan dress now. That lady's all lungs in a swan dress. All lungs in a swan dress. There you go, guys. 
Bjork doesn't always sing in Icelandic, but when she does, it's about some whimsical shit. Yeah, because if you're singing in Icelandic and you're not talking about whimsical shit, what are you talking about? Vikings? Sure, I guess. That's about it. It's either Vikings or whimsical shit. Yeah. That's all they talk about, right? God, I hope so. Isn't Iceland green and Greenland's ice? Derp, 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 derp. Technically, yeah. But also Iceland is kind of icy. Yeah. It's pretty fucking icy. It's also Vikings. <laughs> it's whimsical Vikings. It's a lot of Vikings, yes. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am too. This song mixes both her native tongue and English over somewhat sinister or spooky beats. I like calling them spooky beats. Because honestly... A lot of Icelandic music is a little bit spoopy. Yeah, I, I could. Yeah, why not? Vikings go, had ghost stories. It's I'm, a little spoopy. I want to go to Iceland now. It's awesome. I would love to go there. All right, bye guys. We're going to Iceland. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not leaving anything. <laughs> Nobody's going anywhere. We're stuck here. I'm just gonna get real high. Pretend I'm in Iceland. <laughs> Listen to beer. Pretend I'm in Iceland. <laughs> and then you, for three hours, you can just sit there and go. What? Why is it so green if it's called Iceland? <laughs> And then just laugh at yourself. (sighs) All right. (laughs) The Icelandic roughly translates to no one pays much attention to us. The sun sets. Nobody knows how to pull out the best of me. It's sunny when he delivers a vital breath. He bites me. Yes, he approaches me. He follows after me. Waits. He flies by me. This song is about the evolution of technology. Oh, I thought it was a Viking saga, but okay. It could start with the Vikings and how they brought over their cool, cool boats. (laughs) Yeah, the cool, cool boats. Those are cool boats. They are cool boats. They had a lot of cool other stuff. Yeah. Mead. That's technology. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody at that time had mead, but that's fine. I mean, I'm not there yet, but... (laughs) But the point of the song is that she feels... She writes this song about how technology's just kind of always been there, waiting for us to discover it and create it, just hiding in the mountains, waiting for humans to catch up to it. I don't think that's where iPhones come from, but... iPhones um... are from the mountains. <laughs> they came from the mountains. Come from the land of the ice and snow. <laughs> just iPhones on a fucking Viking boat going... iPhones sail flying out from the mountains. Ah, yo, why hasn't Apple fucking hired us? That's what I want to know. That is a marketing campaign that everyone can get behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not sure if the Zep will give them permission, but we'll sing it. I bet you the Zep will give them permission. Damn, cold blooded <laughs> hot takes on Led Zep. <laughs> That's what you guys come here for. Speaking of coming. <laughs> Speaking of technology and coming, <laughs> let us tell you guys about a great deal we got for you from yeah. adamandeve.com. <laughs> guys, I'm really good at these transitions. These segues just keep getting better and better. So yeah, so we have this whole thing with adamandeve.com. You go onto their website. You can pick almost any one thing for 50% off. That's a lot of percents off. It's a lot of percentages off. It's double digits off. Yeah. Oh, double digits. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
And in addition to that, you get a whole bunch of free shit. Free shit. Bam, bam, bam. You can get one free gift. You can get two free gifts. You can get three, 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 three gifts. Free gifts. Yeah, almost. <laughs> no, almost. but it's still pretty good. I'm okay yeah. with that. Three free gifts. Yes, three free gifts. And then when you're ready to check out, they're like, oh, no, but see, you can still get some more shit. Hold up. Do you want six films? Because we got six films for you. Six wonderful films. Cinematic masterpieces. Six spicy films. Yo, there might be a Viking film in there. Oh. Wait a second. I mean, I'm not making any Wait. promises. Pump the brakes here. Hold on. Viking. There's got to be Viking porn, right? God, I hope so. I'm sorry. I didn't even... How have I not thought of this? 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 I have to go okay <laughs> i haven't seen ashley in three months and it's not because of quarantine it's because she's been looking up so much viking porn i literally didn't even think that of that <laughs> i just blew your mind <laughs> i just blew you in your mind uh, anyway when you finally are at the point where you're like i've got all the things i need right when you when, you're, when stops, you've exhausted google's whole entire <laughs> list of viking porn Come back to Adam and Eve. Yeah, yeah, come back to your card on Adam and Eve. You're still going to get all of those things. And you're going to get free shipping. Yes. And I mean, what's better than that? Yeah. So that's something 50% off. Mm-hmm. Three free fucking gifts. Yes. Six free films. Yep. And free shipping. That's a lot of awesome shit you're going to get in one fucking fell swoop. Because all you got to do is put in our code, which is CandyPod. C-A-N-D-Y-P-O-D. Not, Not the, the band. band. Yeah. But you will feel so alive. <laughs> so again, that's adamandeve.com and use our code CANDYPOD. And feel so alive with some Viking porn, maybe. Hopefully. Oh, that'd be great. Buy another fleshlight. But also, yeah. Just please buy a fleshlight. They're like Pringles. You can't have just one. Right? Once you pop, you can't stop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Pringles. No. What was the other one? Ruffles? You can't have Doritos. <laughs> chips chips you can't have just one <laughs> sex toys you can't have just one exactly buy more buy more please anyway back to Bjork you know I think Bjork first of all Bjork's clearly a very sex positive person yeah and I think that she would be all about that Adam and Eve commercial she pops and she can't stop she can't she won't <laughs> she art pops and she can't stop exactly because it's art pop it's not just garbage pop yeah it's not generic i mean lady gaga had that album called art pop but i will tell you that album is by no I'm means sorry art pop. <sighs> yeah that's not art pop it's not sorry lady i like you but no but no anyway you can't just put finger paints on your face and say art pop yeah it's that's not how your it music's works. still pop yeah it's that's not Look, art. it's fun it's great but you're not art pop yeah. Bubblegum pops just as good. But anyway, we're not talking about Lady Gaga. Not at all. We're talking about Bjork, and we're going to talk about the song everybody fucking knows. Yes. It's Oh So Quiet. Wow! Ah! A fine 
Do, do you know this jam? You guys know this one? Yeah, you probably do. Is it your favorite Bjork song? Is this your favorite Bjork song? I'm sorry. Is it your favorite Bjork song? Oh, it is definitely their favorite Bjork song. <laughs> Look, it's a fine song. It's, it's just good. not it's representative. Fun. Representative. Oh, no, not at all. Of her body of work. Absolutely at all. not. No. Something that totally makes sense, but I never knew, is that this is a cover. It is. I didn't know that. The original is by jazz singer Betty Hutton and was the B-side to the 1951 single Murder, He Says. Oh! <laughs> I didn't listen to Murder, He Says. Perfect B-side to something like that. Yeah. Uh, the 50s were weird, apparently. But it's like, Murder, He Says. He's got some Murder, He Says. Don't look in that closet because he's got murder in there. <laughs> like, is that what it is? Like, what the there's fuck? murder in that closet. <laughs> there's he said this murder, murder he says. <laughs> I just picture, for some reason, Groucho Marx as yeah. like a, a police detective. Ah, there's murder in that closet. You don't want to go over there. <laughs> yes, that is. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Can we bring back the Marx Brothers? No. Even though they're all dead? <laughs> I mean, we can try. Right? There's rituals for that. All right. But Halloween's wait. coming early this year. Yeah, it bow, is. Bow, 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 bow. Speaking of coming, <laughs> <laughs> buy another flashlight. <laughs> All right. But wait, there is more layers. There are more layers. Mm-hmm. Grammar. There are more layers. This was the cover of a French song called <sighs> God damn it. Tu es tranquille. Which was the cover of a German song called Und jetzt ist es still. <laughs> what? That's why I sighed a lot because I can't see fr- I can't speak French and German. Tu es tranquille? 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 Is it just tranquille? Und jetzt ist es still. Oh. And everything is, qu- and everything is still. Okay. Yo, I took German. I took My German. Ashley. If you speak German once more, you're going to face an <laughs> army of me. I only know it because those are very simple words. <laughs> Shade. Bjork recorded the song almost as a joke. Her keyboard player, Guy Sigsworth. God, I love people named Guy. Would play hey, it. Guy. Hey, Cause Guy. Because you can say, hey, hey guy, guy, and not sound like an asshole. Yeah, his name's Guy. Maybe it's Gee, but either way. He would play it on their tour bus all the time, so she included it on the album so that the collective work could sound as schizophrenic as humanly possible. That makes sense. It does make sense. this is completely out of left field. Oh boy, doesn't it though? Later on, she would come to regret it a little, as this is her biggest hit and best known song. Yeah. And if you know Bjork, this is not, again, I'll say again, not an example of her work. This is not representative of Bjork at all. No. But unfortunately, it especially bothers her because it's a cover. It's not an original piece. So she didn't even include it in her Greatest Hits album, which kind of some have viewed as her disavowing it. Which is <laughs> good so for her. Stupid. Yeah, it's but just I a silly totally song that she had fun with. And then she's like, guys, this isn't my And work. the record company is probably like, this is a hit single. We're I releasing it. I got a hit single it. right here. Whether, we, whether you like it or not, we're releasing it. There's murder like, in that closet. Don't go there, Bjork. There's <laughs> murder in that closet. <laughs> Murder! Murder! (laughs) 
One of the main reasons this song became so big was because of the music video. Yep. Directed by Spike Jones, who I always spell his name wrong. J-O-N-Z-E? Yeah, but I always spell it like J-O-N-E-Z. Because <laughs> he is J-O-N-E-Z. It's based on the 1964 romantic drama musical. It's a lot. It's a film. Romantic drama musical. <laughs> romantic drama musical film. Oh, fuck. <laughs> French. <sighs> Parapluis de Cherbourg? No, help computer. Parapluis de Cherbourg. That sounds way better than what I said, so yes. I took one semester of French. I took French. I'm Ashley. All I know is that in French, just don't actually pronounce the last, like, six letters in a word. And you'll be fine. And you'll be fine. All right. After reading the brief synopsis, though, yeah, like, you can tell he throws cute little Easter eggs in the video from the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's little umbrellas, and the setting is at an automotive shop, and those are all little nods to the musical. So it's cute. Like, That's I'm like, nice. oh, look at you, you fucking nerd, Spike I like that Jones. At least, at least the video for it is a bit, like, deeper. Not so shallow. Right. It's not just her tap dancing around for tap dancing sake. Yeah. It's based on a musical. It's a very bright, happy music video, complete with a tap dancing Bjork, and randos in crowds dancing and smiling with their bright colors and, oh yeah, a dancing mailbox. I think that was a Bjork idea. Yeah, this is uh, very Yo Gabba Gabba a little bit. Yeah. But like in a cute adult way. Yeah. Yo Gabba Gabba for adults, which is already kind of for adults. It is. I really, I kind of actually like Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, one of the uh, Muppets. Puppets? Mm-hmm. What do you call them? I don't know. Puppets. The caricatures? Definitely um, a ribbed dildo. Yeah. Like 100%, right? Yeah. Okay. Also, Taking Back Sunday was on it, and they did an original song called We All Love Our Pets, and it's the cutest fucking thing I have ever heard in my life. adorable. (laughs) Well, it even was nominated for a Grammy for Best Music Video, short form, but it lost to Scream by Michael and Janet Jackson. Which is a jam too. Pretty though. much everything lost to Scream by Michael and Janet Jackson. The world collectively nutted for that, like hardcore, which is not something you should do. Mm, not anymore. Not anymore. Anyway, after that hard right turn, let's get back to our regularly scheduled Bjork. Bjork with the song "Enjoy." very definition of industrial yes which might be why i really like it it just sounds like you're banging hammers and wrenches on garbage cans but like in a good way that sounds really good yeah 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 like in a a bad way way. in a trent reznor way not like the blue man group more like the trent reznor group i mean even blue man group has it's got a beat you can dance to it it's fine i all right apparently i'm missing i don't know i've never seen the blue man's And apparently I'm missing out. You're like the second person in like three days to talk to me about Blue Man Group. I mean, I'm not going to recommend Blue Man Group. (laughs) 
I have never actually seen a show, but all I right, mean, maybe we should go see a Blue Man Group show. I don't want to go see a Blue Man Group. I kind of want to get really drunk now and go see Blue Man Group. If we can harass them, right? Can yeah, I like play that one? Make me blue. I want to be blue. I blue myself. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, can we just um go full Arrested Development yeah. with it? Go, and just go real Tobias with it. Go real Tobias. Few Cut K off with jeans it. and blue paint. Yeah, yeah, we can. Blue myself. I blue myself. <laughs> right. Anyway, so. A dark and abrasive track. It shouldn't surprise you when I say this is one of the two songs that Bjork worked on with Tricky. And there is a lot of debate on what the song is actually about. Some say it's about the fear within sex. I've read some say it's about her desire to live in the hyperactive world of London. Or it's about taking a lot of drugs so you can trip properly at, cr- at clubs. Well, I think Trip it's- properly. You want to properly trip when you're at the club. Got a proper trip. I'm going to have a proper trip right now. Thank you. Hey, governor. Hey, governor. I'm going to go have a proper trip. <laughs> the Cockney's having a proper trip, eh? Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. I am so sorry to my ancestors. I'm not. I don't have any English ancestors. Anyway, I don't have any Cockney ancestors, that's for sure. <laughs> But I would like to think that this song's kind of about all of those things. It's the fundamentals of a hedonistic life. The fact that your brain says, hey, uh, I don't think this is a great idea. But then your animal instincts just want all that pleasure. And that can be with anything from drug use to a potentially toxic relationship to living a fast paced lifestyle that you may have trouble keeping up with. Or, I don't know, eating a fucking Big Mac. I just want to enjoy. Yeah. I think it's worth noting that Tricky and Bjork dated for a brief time. Again, check our Tricky episode about that. Around 95 or 96. So I think it's plausible to say they were probably really flirting around this time. I'm sure an attraction was probably almost assuredly there. It's just the weirdest fucking relationship. Yeah. Just two aliens from different universes came Oh, no, maybe it's the most perfect together. relationship. But also, they were not good for each other. No. No. But I'd be willing to put money on some of this mm, kind of being influenced by that connection they had, too. I'm sure. That sexual tension they had, the, you know, overall, like, hey, I want to see what happens here. I want to enjoy this. I want to enjoy you. Yeah. Lady. And gentlemen, I don't know whose point of view I'm speaking from. You want to get real bad to the bone here. What's what's the ABV on this? It's only five and a half. Wow. (laughs) I ate dinner. Mine were only five and a half, too. Here we are. Anyway, but speaking of flirting, let's uh, hop on over to the next track called You've Been Flirting Again. I thought you were going to segue into another Adam and Eve commercial. (laughs) Speaking of flirting, buy another flashlight. Yeah. Yeah. 
this song is a good companion piece to the last one with open-ended lyrics in a sensual tone. Oh, it's so romantic. Well, I don't know if it's trying to be romantic, but here Bjork seems to be exploring the nature of flirting and how you can never really tell what the other's intentions are. You can make assumptions, but unless there's a conversation, you'll never really know for sure. Tell me about it. I just did? Yeah. <laughs> I know about these things. You know about these things? I'm feeling you on this, Bjork. Yeah. When you're like, are they flirting? I'm flirting. Are they flirting with me? Do they know I'm flirting? But also in the there's another voice in the back of your head going, what are you doing? Are you Are you flirting with me? I don't think you should flirt with me. And another one that's like, why? But why? No, I don't understand. Or any there's of this. the one where you're like, I'm flirting. They're totally flirting, right? Are they not flirting with me? Why wouldn't they be flirting oh with me? Oh my God, I just embarrassed myself. Yeah. Right. Like, there's so many scenarios. All in of these which... things are happening all at the same time. Yeah. But that's, and that's just, and that's just what fucking flirting is, man. <laughs> flirting. Just get another flashlight. You could always go to Avenue.com and get another flashlight. Just get another flashlight. <laughs> you don't have to flirt with the flashlight. That thing loves you every time. Ew. It's like, mm, Just make sure you wash it properly. Oh, yeah. So, proper hygiene, guys. We're living in the time of the Roni. You gotta be clean. You need to clean your flashlights. <laughs> you just need to get one of those brushes like they use for reusable straws. Oh. Or, or wine bottles. Well, that's probably better. They're yeah. bigger. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Gets in those crevices. <laughs> Musically, the song almost serves as an interlude to the other half of the album. In some ways, it has the feel of a poem being recited melodically, like over a string ensemble. And I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel that. Like, it's nice and relaxing. But that wasn't initially how it was supposed to sound. Apparently, when she recorded it with Nelly at Compass, you know what? I keep calling him Nelly, but he could be Nell. I'm not sure if it's Nell or Nelly. I didn't look up how to pronounce it. Is it N-E-L-L-E? Yeah. Oh, it's Nell, isn't it? I would imagine it's Nell. I'm sorry, Nell. I've been referring to you as the rapper with a bandaid every time, on his face. Every time you say Nelly, I'm like, <laughs> We're going down, down, baby. Boom, boom, baby. Ready to let it go. No, it's not shimmy, that shimmy, guy. Cook, what? Shimmy. <laughs> yeah. Hate that fucking song. Um, or um, it's getting hot in here. So so uh, take off a sweater or two. Take off a sweater. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. So buy another flashlight. <laughs> it's getting stuffy in here. So stuff it in your flashlight. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, she recorded it with Nell at Compass, and it was a bit more a beat. But the decision to add strings happened after they got back to London and saw Bjork working on the arrangements for one of the first times ever, really. Oh. I'm sure you can feel however you want about the choices made on this track, but I bet she won't care because this is one of Bjork's personal favorite songs. Good for her. Right. Good for you. Which will lead us into another classic Bjork that you've probably never heard, Isabel. <laughs> it's a
This song is deep musically and lyrically. Going back to the dreams on this one. Oh. Some whimsical Icelandic shit. Whimsical. Is it about Vikings? Is it about Viking porn? It is 100% about Viking porn. Yes. So sit tight while I tell you about it. It's not. Play by play. Play by play. (laughs) Oh my god. It's a truly dramatic orchestral trip hop song. Strong, steady beats play under soaring strings while Björk weaves a story she wrote. However, the lyrics were written by her friend and Icelandic poet, Sjön. Oh. I imagine it's Sjön. It's S-J-O-N. And if it's Björk, then it's probably Sjön. Yeah, sure. Sounds good to me. Right? The story of Isabel is very much a deep mythos fable with a lot of detail. And Björk does reference her in other songs like Human Behavior and Bachelorette. Basically, Isabel was born in a forest by a spark, and as she grows into a woman, skyscrapers take over the forest, and she finds herself trapped within a city, where she finds people are a bit too clever for their own good, and need to be reminded that they have to follow their instincts more. Hmm. She got the idea of, for this story after a moth stayed on her collar all day, and she was inspired to write a story using, and she took about like 900 diary pages to write the song or the story. Jesus. So she's written legit, a legit mythos fable story about Isabel. Yeah. Wanting to turn this into a song, that's when she brought in Sion to help make the story into a, into a poem that would fit the song that she had been working on. So it was like a story, then a poem, and then lyrics. Okay. Yeah. A lot of layers here, guys. Yeah. This is an onion of an album. It really is. This is an onion of a song. The creation of the song didn't start until after her initial recording in the Bahamas. She came up with the melody while visiting her family in Iceland, and she worked on it with a Casio keyboard, which then she brought it to Nell. I had one of those. I still have one of those. <laughs> it so had, those shits hold up. It had a little disc on it so you could be a dj oh mine doesn't have anything that cool i'm sure that's exactly what bjork's had too (laughs) she was the same exact one guys from after she brought it into the studio to nell they worked on it and they added strings and beats and sound effects and despite pushback bjork convinced the powers that be to let her release this as the second single off post and while it may not have done much to bolster her the, her higher than army of me did overall isabel received high praise from critics with many appreciating the story being told but also the atmosphere of the music itself and what i like a lot about this and um some of the other tracks here is that you can see her really touching into her nature themes because mm-hmm. as Bjork continues to make music she is very much an advocate of nature and how we need to chill the fuck out as humans and get back to, like, our roots, our and, nature roots, like, and, literal roots. Yeah, and TBH, that's pretty, that's pretty Viking. Honestly. Pretty Viking. Because the Vikings had their sagas, they really like their fucking stories, mm-hmm. and this is very reminiscent of that. It is, yeah. And, so. like, Isabella's... And that's getting back to her roots. Yeah. Her Icelandic roots. Yeah, you gotta respect Birk at least for being a Viking. And an onion. And an onion. She's an onion viking. Yeah. That's adorable. Aww. Aww. Onion viking. I like that. Onion viking Bjork. That's kind of like uh, Davos from right? Game of Thrones. The, the, the onion, onion knight. knight. Yeah, except she's just the onion viking. Now I want her to go so on adventures together. with Davos. 
George R. R. Martin, where the fuck are you? Right? You're not. You're never going to finish the other Game of Thrones books. So can he you just get write together these stories? With Bjork, this... and they could be Bjork R. R. Martin. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. But also, can... <laughs> but also, it can be like Dunkin' Egg. Remember? Oh yes. Like the Adventures of Dunkin' Egg. Yeah, I read it the can graphic be... novels. Those are good. Yeah, it can be the Adventures of uh, Bjork and Bjork Davos. And Davos. Burke and Davos being best, best friends together onions forever. The onions and onions. Yeah. Smuggling mysteries all one at a time. time. I don't know. Two of a kind. I don't know. But yeah. They yes. are two of a kind. Uh, but I like this too because it's such an example of how much of a storyteller Bjork really is. Yeah. But their 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 sigil flag has to be a blooming onion. Oh my god! And then Orlando Bloom sometimes shows up, but he's but they Orlando just kick Bloom him in the nuts onion. and throw him out to sea. Oh, I think he's all right. Don't he was all right. He was fine in Pirates of the Caribbean, but he's fine. Leave him Not alone. anymore. It's fine. He impregnated Katy Perry, and that is just a Who mistake. That? that is not. How drunk were you, sir? <sighs> He's been drunk for the last five years. I don't know. Good for him. <laughs> so have I. <laughs> right? I haven't gotten anybody pregnant, though. For gurning it. For gurning it. Anyway, so the next song we're going to talk about is called Possibly Maybe. Possibly Maybe Pregnant. <laughs> as much as I definitely enjoy solitude, I wouldn't mind perhaps spending little time with you sometimes sometimes possibly maybe possibly maybe this song is giving me flashbacks to the days when i had dial-up oh internet <laughs> the intro yes, is just like yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's not as bad as the. It's not as bad, but I think that was more of a car alarm. But whatever. That was a very distressed guinea pig that you just. (laughs) Oh no! That guinea pig. Help him. Help the guinea pig. Well, this is Bjork's first truly unhappy song. She even stated, "I felt ashamed writing a song that was not giving hope." It details the stages of a breakup, most specifically. Her breakup from ex-boyfriend, Stéphane Sednoi. Sednoi? Sednoi. Sednoi? All of the above. She used influences from other artists in the creation of the song. There's a sliding guitar in the background that you can hear if you listen real good, and that was inspired by Chris Isaac's Wicked Game. No shit. Right? Chris Isaac. What can't that man do? What can't that man fucking do? He He did Wicked Game. He was in that thing you do. Like... What can't you do, sir? What can't you do? Also, the beginning of the song, as Ashley duly noted, it starts (laughs) off with a sample of telephone ringing that was popularized by British electronic musician Scanner. Scanner, because he used scanners to make his music. Like police scanners? I think stuff like that, yeah. Sure. All the kinds of scanners. Yeah. (laughs) However, it was not approved by him so we ended up suing her label, which what? resulted in them pulling the album Excuse from the me, shelves. Sir. sir, sir, it's scanner noises. 
You don't own that. I own those telephone noises. Yeah, you know that dial-up? I invented that. You know dial-up? I am dial-up. I am dial-up. Oh, my God. If you dial-up once more, you'll meet an army of scanner. Oh, my God. Anyway... It resulted in them pulling the album from shelves so that they could replace it with a version without the sample. But it actually ended up being all cleared up because I think he just was like, oh, well, I didn't. I just wanted you guys to know you ripped me off. It was the story's a little shady. That's and weird. shady. Oh, no, yeah. No, but fuck that. Fuck that guy. Was, but once it was all cleared up, the the original version was released. Everything was fine. Like you could use it free of charge it wasn't a big deal i i guess there was just a misunderstanding i'm sorry sir you don't own the dial-up noise okay do you also think that you are the icq noise Uh oh (laughs) that's adorable isn't it don't you remember that i didn't use icq i didn't either but like my dad was obsessed with it so were my uncles and my grandfather so fucking weird so weird they used it well beyond its expiration date. Oh my god! And all all evening, all I would hear was, "Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> King, stop! Just talk cute. on the phone." It's better than broom, broom, broom. I still like. I am so sad that I don't get to hear like the aim noises anymore. The yeah. door opening of oh some friend coming <laughs> online and of somebody leaving. Yep. Oh I miss God. those noises. Well, there are rumors that uh, when she recorded this track, she did it in the nude, but there doesn't seem to be any solid evidence one way or the other. I mean, it seems entirely plausible, that, uh, but that no also, one's ever confirmed mm, it. But also, that is like such a common story mm-hmm. of female musicians like, Oh, I did this in the nude. Like, why like, wouldn't you do it in the nude? Yeah. Why wouldn't you record all your songs in the yeah. nude? You're just have, sitting in a studio. I have literally now heard the same exact thing about Bjork, about Jenny Lewis. Oh, yeah. And about um, Stevie Nicks. Yep. Same exact thing. And they probably story. did do it. They could have done it, Who maybe. Cares? But, like, well, okay. Okay. I just want to feel vulnerable. Okay. I I don't need to know that you recorded this while you were butt naked. I don't know if she needed to feel any more vulnerable with the song. Because honestly, the most interesting thing about this song and like the most intense thing about the song is the fact that Bjork's ex, Stefan, actually directed the music video for the song. There was a little bit of back and forth on if this was a good idea. But ultimately, he convinced Bjork that it would be a good way for them to work through everything. Is it? It was. I do believe they still have a pretty well, good that's relationship. The one time in history it's ever worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, he directed another video of hers off of debut, and it's totally escaping me right now. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So they seem to have a good relationship. Still. If it works, it works. Good right? for them. They seem to be able to be artists outside of a relationship, which is great. That's good. Good for you guys. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you can still make a friendship work outside of a failed relationship. You can do that. It can happen. Not always. But it can. In rare circumstances. If you're fucking adults about it. Yeah, just be a fucking adult. And it seems like these guys were. Good. Speaking of being a fucking adult, let's go get to another flashlight. <laughs> get another flashlight. But also, let's stop being an adult for a hot second and play with uh, Bjork's more immature side with the song I Miss You. Okay. Jamie. 
tasty little jam is what I would consider the album's certified bop. You heard it here first, folks. Do, 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 do. Rock candy. Bop news. Certified bop. <laughs> certified. Bop. It's bop certified. No, it is, though. Like it's, a, it's, a, it's got some tasty licks. I'm here for it. Yep. It's a real fusion of electronic drums, African bongos, and some jazzy trumpets. That's the only way you can have a trumpet on your album is if it's jazzy. (laughs) Jazz. (laughs) Bjork was having a lot of fun with this one, especially with the music video. She brought on board, oh God, please forgive me, John Crickfalsey. (laughs) You picked the worst album for name pronunciation. I told, we warned you last week, this was going to (laughs) be... John Crickfalusi? It's John or John Kay of Ren and Stimpy fame to direct her video. Wait, what? Yup. Also on board were Eric Weiss and Stephen Wirth, the former of SpongeBob SquarePants. So she had the guy who did Ren and Stimpy and the guy who did SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, yeah. Both of whom are certified bonkers. Yeah. And just, and also like, Bjork's kind of certified bonkers. Not their kind of certified no, bonkers. No, yeah. She's like artsy feely bonkers. They're yeah. like, what can we fuck up bonkers? Well, just but imagine... also make it into a kid's show. Right? That's insane. Again, you need to watch this video. The result is a wild ride in a mix of animation and live action and all the surrealism and perver- perverted humor you could ask for. Oh, of course. You don't say. Yeah. Bjork was very happy with the video they created, especially because she felt they made her very cute in animated form. Aww. She said it was like Christmas when it won an Annie Award for Best Animated Short Subject. Oh, that's cute. Right? And I guess apparently she is a big fan of Ren and Stimpy. As she should be. Ren and Stimpy was the fucking shit I don't know. I didn't have cable. Oh, but that's not any excuse for not watching it on YouTube now. Is it? I know, like, I don't know, because then they had made the later episodes, the more recent ones that are supposed to be really bad. I mean, they weren't horrible, but they weren't the best. Right. But also... I think I might have just missed it. Watch the original. I it's ridiculous. It. I don't know. I, I haven't know. gone back and watched the um, original yeah. one, so I don't know. I, The one with, with uh, Stimpy's fart is... Uh, that's so classic. That's I just so remember good. my brother having a Stimpy plush, even though we didn't watch Ren and Stimpy, but we <laughs> wanted we had to. no idea. Oh, no, we knew exactly who it was. And we were like, God, I wish we could actually watch Ren and Stimpy. But it, when you squeezed it, it farted. That is adorable. I wonder if it's still at my dad's house. I should look for it and just walk around with my with a farting Stimpy. I believe the fart's name was Stinky. Oh, my God. I missed out, man. You really missed out. Well, as far as lyrically, it talks about how much Bjork misses the perfect lover that she just hasn't found yet. It's the kind of love that she feels is out there as if she remembers it from another lifetime, and she knows it will come to her once she stops looking, but that doesn't stop her from impatiently missing them. It's a flashlight from AdamandEve.com. Oh, you should just get a flashlight. <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, speaking of flashlights, let's go to the next song called Cover Me. Okay.
quick and quieter track on the album, Bjork wrote this for Nell after he agreed to help her produce the album. She pokes a bit of fun at herself at how she makes album making way more dangerous than it really needs to be and her attempts to lure him back in. But at the end of the day, it's because of her great admiration for him. Hmm. This was the song she recorded in a cave on the Bahamas. And she did eventually release the original version where you can hear dripping of stalactites and bats like flying around and squeaking. That's pretty cool. You can YouTube it. It sounds really cool, actually. And All I'm, use... I'm just picturing her in a very big, dark, gross cave full of fucking bat guano <laughs> with just, like, a microphone in the middle. <laughs> I mean, I think that's it. I think that's what had happened. This is my cave. This is my cave. I'm Björk. I'm Björk. I will sing for you now. I will sing for you now. <laughs> Sorry, Björk. We are not doing you justice. I like my Björk. Uh, impression. I hate I my Bjork impression. It's because you're not good at being quiet. <laughs> shots <laughs> fired. Friendly shot. Friendly fire is friendly fire. <laughs> sure. Friendly fire is friendly fire. <laughs> you right. What do you say we round up on this album with the very last song Headphones. Might be apropos if you're listening to this podcast mm. in your headphones. Close it up with some real quiet, smooth jazz. It's not jazz at all. No. No. I mean, it's Bjork jazz. Bjork jazz. Oh. It's <laughs> what Bjork views jazz as. Yeah. In the album's finale, Bjork uses this experimental ambient track to take us into her dream state. Funny enough, it's ideal to listen to the song with headphones on, as they use many studio tricks you can only pick up that way. Huh. This was the other track that Tricky worked with Bjork on. She dedicated the song to Graham Massey, who would make Bjork amazing compilation tapes, and she would play them constantly. That is adorable. Right? He would just make her these tapes that she fucking loved, and she would listen to them all the time, and she's like, I need to write a song to him to thank him for all those rad tapes. Before there was Spotify Kids, there, there was were, the mixtape. There was the mixtape. And uh, very heartfelt, and a lot of time, and... Uh, creative juices go into the mixtape and you better hope you have white out oh yeah right yeah because if you fuck up it's already written on there you gotta wait you out. wrote it in pen yeah of you course can't you write on pencil pen. yeah no you can't those tags that come in the cassette no things you cannot write in pencil they were basically plastic you destroy pencils trying to write on those things it was pen only yeah Sharpie at best. It was glossy cardstock. You can't write in pencil on you that can't. shit. It's not going to happen. In addition to Graham, though, this song was written as a love letter to sound. Quote, the sound of sound. <laughs> Resonances, frequencies, silences, and such. A music worship thing. 
Bjork reflects on how music got her through some of the hardest times in her life, and not just creating it, but listening to it as well. And that's really a sentiment that anyone can agree with, how we all use music as a coping mechanism or a way to convey our current feelings. There isn't a much better way to end such a candid album experience than that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you just listen to my entire album about music. It's a music album. Hi. It's a music album music. about music. <laughs> it's not even about music. It's just a, you just listen to music. Now let's all thank music for being music. And now I'm done by. Yeah. It's almost meta. Yeah. It is meta. Museception. Museception indeed. Because at the end of the day, Post isn't just an album. It is an experience. Bjork is taking you on a journey of her own life and feelings, but there is something so relatable and genuine about each of these songs. And this is kind of where, after probably my third or fourth listening, I really got to with this album. Maybe not everyone is into experimental, ambient, electronic, or art pop, and I get that, and that's fine. I'm not. And that's fine. But the themes throughout the album are things that everyone can connect to. Relationships, standing up for yourself, overindulgence, loneliness, nature, the impact of music on our lives. These are all things that every human being can relate to. Well, I think that's why, I, I even though I don't really like Bjork's music, I do respect her. Of course. A lot. And I respect her artistry because she does make music that is very relatable on subliminal levels yes it's not just like here's a love song here's a song about how i hate this person here's just like very obvious things it's stuff that you think about deeply yeah and not so often maybe depending on who you are of course um but it's 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 topics that really resonate with people on a deeper level than just surface dance or surface pop or surface you know anything that could be in the top 40 or whatever right i think it's stuff that people can hear and feel like i'm relating to this but i don't know why so they go back and give it a couple lessons and they're like oh that's why i totally relate to this And if you're into her kind of the music that she makes then that's great like you become a big fan but like i'm just i'm not into the the dancey like big fat beats kind of thing that she's doing in this you don't like dance music i like some dance music but it depends huh what surprise to me yeah surprise to you right um (laughs) like i like some dance music but the kind of dance music i like is kind of shallow (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm gonna dance to it if i'm drunk you know like, oh, this has got a beat and I'm drunk. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, like, this is why I respect, respect, respect. <laughs> this is why I respect Bjork's artistry. Yeah. Is because, you know, she's, she's, she's going on it on a deeper, she's going at it on a deeper level. Yeah. And I think the, the art house kind of shit that she does <laughs> is, it goes hand in hand with that. Yeah. And it makes sense. It's just not my thing, but it makes sense to everybody else, and that's why I respect it. Yeah. I I mean, she doesn't sacrifice who she is for her art. Exactly. Oh, this is very much who she is. She has... This sound is Bjork on a 
meta level. Right. And I think at the very end of the day, even if it's not your thing, you can say, but I do respect exactly. what she's doing. And that's exactly this what I a, do. Yeah. And I, yeah, I could totally agree with that. This is not no, I'm not be... trying to justify myself. I'm just trying to say, like, this is right. coming, You're just saying, like, yeah, coming maybe... at it from my point of view. Right. Like, this is why I do respect her because everything she does is so deep and very it's it's just on a whole different level from everybody else yeah on her and own level by let's herself. be honest if it wasn't for bjork we wouldn't have lady gaga's i don't know if even radiohead oh, would no. have gotten as experimental as they did even missy elliott claims that yeah. she was an inspiration to her like dude there's a lot of current popular musicians who thank Bjork for being around yeah. and breaking down a little bit of that wall to be like, yo, you know what? Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Who cares? Be as weird as you fucking want because weird is fantastic. Also, you're not going to be as weird as me. <laughs> Good fucking luck. And also, like, we touched on it a little bit, but her visual artistry is pretty amazing, too. Yeah. And granted, a lot of that is her collaborators, mm-hmm. um, but I think she takes a little bit from her collaborators and from her inspirations and puts it all into one bucket and is just like this is the beer bucket the beer bucket of artistry (laughs) and just pulls from that whenever she does something new yeah which is fantastic and i think that is also the sign of a good smart artist who can take their life experiences with other people other people they respect other people who are good artists and say look, I like what you're doing. I'm going to incorporate that into my style because I think your shit is worth sharing. Well, isn't that anybody's own personal style is taking a little bit from the people that they draw inspiration from and putting it into their own thing and making it their own? That's what she's doing. And fuck Madonna and her quote unquote reinventions with every album she made. Take a look at Bjork and what she's doing Seriously. every album and every day of her fucking life. Honestly. She, it's not just changing who she is. It's evolving. Madonna changes who she is with every album. She doesn't evolve. She doesn't evolve. Ooh. Bjork evolves. That's a good way to look at that. Yeah. Never thought of it that way. You smart. I am smart. That's Thank why you, you co-host this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for recognizing me. You're smart. Yeah. You are, though. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, Just go listen to more Bjork. If, even if, like, you're not super into it. Like, I think you could probably pick a couple more from this album now that you've gone through it beyond yeah. Army of Me and It's Oh So Quiet. Yeah. You're like, oh, actually, this is pretty good. This is her most accessible. I'd say debut is pretty accessible as well. As you get further down the it road. It gets weird. It gets weird. I love Utopia, but I love Utopia like when I just want to kind of sit and meditate and think about nature. It is a great nature album. Yeah. So, you know, she gets weird with shit, guys. It's real weird. So if you're here for weird, keep looking at Bjork. Yeah. If you're not here for weird, just like grab like a handful off of like maybe debut in medulla in this Mm -hmm. album but you know you don't have to go diving too deep it's fair i get it i get it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's just it's not what i would pick if i want to go weird but i get it if other people want to pick this it's a respectable weird weird. respectable weird totally respectable weird you get a fist pump for me fist bump weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) well thank you all so much for listening we appreciate you and love you 
and hope you guys learned a little something new about Bjork today. At least how to say her name properly. Yeah, it's Bjork. It rhymes with jerk. Bjork. Yeah. I've definitely said Bjork on you... very many times in this episode. Oh, you but... did. Yeah. You know what? It's it's a little late now, but drink every time you heard Ashley <laughs> say Bjork instead of Bjork. Should have done that at the beginning. I'm Fucked trying. Up. I like, it's, but it's, like, just say Bjork. It's Bjork. It's Bjork. Yeah. It's you know what? If anything, just don't say Bjork. <laughs> that's not it. Because if you say Bjork, then like that's kind of like saying Peter Bjorn and John, but Peter Bjorn and John. Oh, because I was like, I thought Peter Bjorn was his name and John was his friend. It's Peter Bjorn. And John. It's two guys. <laughs> it's two guys named Peter, Peter Bjorn, Bjorn and, and John. John. That's enough of this shit. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. If you have been digging this sweet album review, we have plenty more on our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com. Or go ahead and just find us on Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher or I guess anything that's a podcast thing. Yeah. What's a podcast? I don't know. What am I doing? We're on a lot of websites I don't even realize we're on. Yeah. But you can catch us. So go ahead and find us. If you really like us, go ahead. Why don't you uh, scoot on over to iTunes and be like, five star review. These girls are great. That would be awesome too. That'd be lovely. If you hated this, (laughs) I promise you there is more stuff out there at our network, the Pantheon Podcast Network. Which you should check out. You should check them out. It's amazing. There are so many podcasts on our network and is the MTV one-stop shop for any music podcast you could have looked for. So go check them out and supporting them supports us. So please. And hey, tell us who you're digging right now because we got a lot of peeps and it's hard to keep up with everybody. So yeah. Yeah. Tell us what, tell us what you're getting into right now. And if you want to support us in even more ways, you can go to Patreon and give us some money. Go to patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast and you can donate some monthly monies to us. And in return, we will give you some sweet swag and we will give you a bonus episode every month. This month alone gets three fucking bonus episodes. Right? Accidental bonus episodes. Yeah. Accidental boners. But also like you're going to get one soon. So like in 24 hours. So you might as well fucking... So you may as well just go become a patron right now yeah. and you can get that boner episode where we talk yeah. about everybody who died from Corona. Yay. Sorry. Is that a downer? It's always a downer of an episode. We make fun of Trapped. We are going to make so much fun of Trapped and Richard Marks. So it's going to be a great episode. Dip guys. on in. See if you like it. If you don't, well, that's fine too. And we don't know what to tell you. I don't know what. We'll I mean. give you stickers. You will still get your stickers if you, even if you just give us one month of your monies. Yeah. You're still going to get the fucking still stickers. Still going to get stickers. Hell yeah, you are. Yeah. Man. All right. So I think we covered all our bases. Come back next week for more crazy stories. I don't even remember what next week is. Oh, next week's going to be good. I've been waiting for this for a few weeks. I watched a really good documentary and I'm all about this episode. She's been waiting for this for so long. Making love until the sun comes up, baby. I just want to take it nice and slow. That is not who we're talking about. We're not talking about Usher. I just no, have we're had We're that talking song. about the extreme opposite of Usher. Yeah, but I just have had that song in my head yeah. for like three weeks. It's fine. But I know at least one of our 
our friends who listens to us every week is going to be very excited for this episode. I'm talking about you, Matt. You're gonna be excited. Ooh, ooh. You're gonna be excited. Get excited. Get hype, guys. Get hype for next week. But you know, until then, party on Ashley. Party on Maggie. <laughs> party on you crazy kids out there. My get another flashlight. Yeah, can you please just get one more flashlight? That'd be great. <laughs>